Hello again, awesomers. It's me. It's your old buddy, Steve Simonson. And I'm at it again, delivering another episode of the awesomers.com podcast. Now, in our long run series, uh, we actually have inserted a mini series. And that mini series is called The Founder Foundations. Today begins our first intro to the kind of management module. So I'm going to give you an overview of what the management module is like, you know, for you to um, prepare yourself and your team for future training. And the objective of management is to systematize it, not to randomize it or just, you know, kind of uh, get our arbitrary result. Uh, I, I actually refer to the E-Metha often in this regard. One of my favorite Michael Gerber quotes is, the people, uh, excuse me, the system runs the business, the people run the system, right? That is the, uh, just such a beautiful way to say what a, a real system should be like. And of course, I've, you know, paid very close attention to, you know, Michael Gerber's books in the old days, The E-Myth, or Sam Carpenter's book, you know, Work the System, and and many other systemic approaches, including traction and you know, many, many other uh, variations of it. And all have, you know, kind of their own little nuanced methods of approaching this uh, concept. Me, I want to start with the philosophy of it. Why do we care? Uh, well, first of all, why do we care about management? It's necessary. Uh, I personally am a terrible manager. And uh, I, I do think that if I was a better manager, uh, my life would have been a lot easier a lot sooner. Uh, but to stay a, a little bit with a, uh, the inspiration from E-Myth. So many years ago, probably in the 90s is the first time I read the E-Myth. And I was captivated by it because I was living and working in a land-based business, service industry, well, service and product mixed together. And I, and I ultimately, I hated it. It was terrible. But I did see the light and and the potential, which was, Golly, if I systematize this thing, I might make it less oppressive and hate it less. And I, I want to be clear, everybody, that I was lucky to be doing what I, you know, was doing at the time. But there's, I don't know, there's there's a difference between, you know, being fortunate and appreciating that and, you know, having a level of gratitude for something that, you know, not everybody gets to do. But but also living a life worth living. I mean, I many years in the '90s, I worked every single day, and uh, and often the even the times where I was taking time off, the time on the job was was very difficult. And it was only until I achieved the you know learned about the idea of systemization and then started implementing that in my business did I really start to see many of the pressure valves start to release, right? My entrepreneurial brain was kind of like a boiler room and I was running at a full 110% boil at almost all times. Terrible way to live. Uh, quite stressful. You know, that's probably why I have no hair left. I don't know. Uh, my whole point here is that systems are what set you free. Systems can relieve those pressure valves and I've seen it time and time again in countless businesses that I've both um, owned myself, some businesses that we've purchased and we we saw all the mistakes they made and we're like, oh, we can fix these. Some that I thought I could fix and screwed up. 
But this, the system lessons definitely have paid off time and time again, not just for myself, but many others that I, I know firsthand or have talked to about these types of topics. So getting this broad strokes of management is, is to remind ourselves that we're not just trying to move the bottleneck from us to another person, because then you're, you're still people dependent and you're still focused on what is it going to take for that person to eliminate this bottleneck. That's not good systemization. The Again, I, I'm going to refer to the E-Myth a lot in this episode because it was so inspirational that on those early days. The idea that a system would produce a predictable result was such a dream. And this, this idea of you know your management team thinking in a systemic way should start with what is the system producing uh, let's assume that we start with a problem even. We have this problem. And the question isn't whose fault is it? The question is what system is at fault? And then you recalibrate the system or you know, re-engineer the system as necessary to produce the intended predictable result. And assuming that you got it right, the next time it runs, it should produce a predictable, predictable result. And if it doesn't, you did your engineering wrong upstream. So go back and do it again, right? It's as simple as that. So I want you guys to think about this cause and effect and that this is not a, a casual sloganeering effort where we just are going to run around and go, we do systems here. It's really a hardcore management philosophy. You know, business management through system, systemization is not unique to one particular discipline, whether it's the, you know, EOS or, you know, traction or any of the rest of it, they're, they're all th the same general premise, which is get a system, make it yield a predictable result. I almost think of it like programming a computer. When I was a kid, my early teens, I started to learn how to program computers. In fact, I remember being in seventh grade and saying, well, they, you know, elementary school people said that, you know, this is when it gets tough is, you know, seventh grade. So I better pick my career and uh, let's get on with it. I, I remember it vividly. And so I said, well, you know what? These uh, people to be, seem to be talking a lot about these computers. That seems to be uh, a bright future. Uh, I'm going to focus on that. And it turned out I happen to love uh, doing computers and doing computer programming. And I was super blessed from my parents that at like 12 years old, they bought me a little computer that I could play with and learn on. And that that inspiration of, you know, thinking about a computer and then becoming, you know, a decent computer programmer through my teens, that helped me think systemically. So I, I, I acknowledge my own bias there. But the example I'm trying to um, share with you is that a computer programmer starts with, you know, we have this input and we we need this output and we run it through whatever process or mathematics necessary to achieve that. And every time we do it, we should have a similar outcome, right? It really is just that simple. And, and I'm trying to share with you, I'm really stretching this metaphor to its limit, but instead of you programming a computer, you're programming your business. You're building and engineering systems to accomplish a objective, a desired result that should be systemically predictable each and every time. 
and that your people are no longer the bottlenecks. They are the people who tend to that system and oversee that system and raise their hand when the system breaks. And this is a really big, important lesson for managers. Instead of you, when something goes wrong, showing up and yelling at the people and going, why didn't you do this right? Or why is this wrong? Blah, blah, blah. Stop personalizing it and start systematizing it and going, okay, um, you're, you know, you're in finance. Uh, why did this uh, accounts payable? You know, why is this 60 days late? What system failed us? And they'll go, you know, they'll just start tracking it back. Well, we didn't run the report on time. Well, that's not a system problem. That's a people problem. How do we overcome it? Let's automate that report. So it goes automatically. We take the human right on out of it. That's just a, a very brief top of mind example of a system and the replacement from the human having to run the report to an automated report. The next time it might be, oh, that software didn't work and we had to replace that software for some reason. There's any number of ways that systems have to be recalibrated or at least monitored and maintained to inevitably produce that result that you're hoping for. And the more often that you do it is, you know, thinking, you know, system first, always system first. This is why, again, this whole mini series is really not intended to be a promotion for parsimony, but like parsimony is the business operating system. It's the overarching system for me that says, you know what? All of these things at the platform level are going to have it, the related apps that help me systematize everything. And I mean everything. Um, it doesn't matter if you're requesting samples. It doesn't matter if you're making purchase orders or you know, in some cases, even posting social media content, we can incorporate the system in that. We do, in fact, have a system for it. All of these things can be systematized so that it becomes very methodical. Instead of us running around wondering what's next, we can look at our to-do list. Instead of us being concerned about what what is you know our calendar look like next week, we just pull up the calendar and see who's doing what on on these various dates without it being oppressive. And it's all kind of automated and brought together when it's done well. And again, there's a lot of systems that do these things. Uh, many of those are extraordinarily expensive. That's why we uh, developed our own and ultimately uh, why we opened it up for others. So let me think, or let me just share one other kind of big picture management uh, aspect as we are just doing the introduction here. Uh, because this is such a, a foundational element for entrepreneurs and such philosophical important, I want to, you know, just kind of pull from the air some of the old Michael Gerber quotes. One is, you know, the franchise prototype. So um, Gerber was famous in his original book of using the, the McDonald's franchise prototype. And I, I reference it all the time because I think it's not only highly instructive, it's universally known. Now, just as a little aside, this is not me endorsing uh, McDonald's crappy food or telling you to go buy McDonald's stock or any of the rest of it. This is just demonstrating that this ubiquitous brand has globally been able to get teenagers to sell you stuff or sell whomever is there, sell them stuff on a consistent basis and make money for you know all the parties involved. That is a franchise prototype. And it didn't matter if it was the you know, 1,000th 
McDonald's or the 10,000th McDonald's, it works consistently every single time. And that's really why franchises exist is they have perfected a system and then they let you use their system. That's what you're paying for in a franchise model. And Gerber's supposition was, well, why should you, you know, even if you're not intending on franchising, why should you think of it a business in any other way than intending to operate it in a systemic way, whether you're planning on running one of these or countless numbers of these. And the other part of it that I always found super enlightening was this idea that most entrepreneurs are stuck in the doing it, doing it, doing it, as he would say. I've listened to his tapes, particularly in the 90s. I listened to him so many times, I pretty much memorized every word. But the idea that you are working on your business, or excuse me, in your business, doing it, doing it, doing it, instead of on your business is a easy idea for entrepreneurs to understand. And by the way, this applies to managers as well. If you're a manager, are you doing the tactical level work or are you doing management level work? And this is kind of the three tiers that not just Gerber, but others have essentially agreed and, and endorsed. And I, I, I'm telling you that I both agree and endorse this idea too. There is at the very top level, we'll call it uh, chairman of the board, chairwoman of the board work, right? This is owner level work. You're a shareholder. You should be, you know, doing shareholdy things and owner level things. Uh, that's working on the business. You're at the very top level working on the business. Then there's management. You're taking an active management role of getting output from others, not yourself, getting output from others. And then there is the tactical level, doing it, doing it, doing it. And that's necessary in every company. I don't begrudge anybody. In fact, I'm quite thankful when they're helping me do some of that tactical level work. And there is an unlimited amount of talent in the world that will not only be willing to do that work, it's happy to have the work. So this is where you get the perfect match is you're you're getting skills and you're getting desire matched up with, you know, people who are actually able to, you know, uh, input or integrate in your business and get the job done. So having those things... This is where the dream of owning your business without it owning you, again, a very um, impactful example from the olden days where I felt like my business owned me. I was not just a worker. I was you know, kind of an indentured servant uh, for that business. Yeah, occasionally it paid me, not always. Uh, it was always annoying for sure. And I could never sleep in peace. Never sleep in peace because it didn't matter if the, you know, whether it's a, an alarm going off with a physical threat that I needed to go address or me just worrying about making the next payroll. It was just a constant problem. So the, the concept of owning something yet being free of it was just mind blowing. And uh, this is why I've, I've done a past book on, by the way, uh, a book review on the E-Myth. Um, it's called the E-Myth Revisited, I believe at this point. Uh, and, and again, it's something I really believe in. I do always put a little asterisk that sometimes uh, it gets a little hippy dippy. That's not for me. But if if that bothers you, just just push on through it. It's not a core tenet of the philosophy. It's just kind of his presentation style. So we're going to get into how we develop a business um, in 
we have a very simple, you know, business strategy. All of our systems, all of our management, it's all part of the same ecosystem of managing. And that's what we're going to get into in this particular, and dare I say, last module in our Founder Foundation series. So this blueprint, this roadmap, the train's going to come to an end at the end of the month, but we still have a lot more to go. So stay with me and please share, subscribe, uh, you know, watch these all the way through as best you can, because that uh, tells the the social media gods that you uh, like what you hear. And, uh, you know, praise be if you send a, a review to us. We'll listen. We'll watch it. And uh, if you have any feedback, uh, catal uh, service at Catalyst88.com. We'll be sure to read it. And uh, if it's nice, we'll respond. And if it's mean, we will, again, respond in a very curt manner. No, we take all suggestions, criticism, and compliment in the same professional way. Your comments and opinions are valuable. Whether or not we agree is a separate and irrelevant point, but we appreciate your voice just the same. Thanks, everybody. See you next time.